Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Johnny Walker comes with a powerful message entitled, Love is the Light, Service is the Model. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. July is Serve Month. Linked Up Church has several serve projects and serve opportunities. They are listed on our website. You go to our website, you'll see the icon that says Serve Month, log on to it, and then you'll see all the projects and opportunities that we have. You can also register uh, for our uh, Kids Connect Camp, KCC. You'll see that Babylon. You can register there as well. So, why is serving others of vital importance? Well, let me offer three introductory reasons. First, service unto others is the main pillar of true Christianity. Jesus Christ was devoted and still is devoted to serving others. He steadfastly encourages us, his followers, to do the same. Imitating Jesus by helping other people serves God, right, and generates innumerable blessings. Many acts of kindness, many acts of generosity, many acts of service are highlighted in the Bible, right, and they are there for our understanding, our motivation, and our growth. Our master is really all the inspiration that we need. He is perfect in all his ways. And the third reason I want to offer to you is this. Jesus is our primary example. He set the standard. The serving of our fellow man must always be at our forefront because service is always at his. Now, I really want you to get this one. His alpha is love. His omega is service. His beginning is light. His end is generosity. His first is humility, and his last is kindness. I told the first uh, service, if I had a mic, I would drop it. (laughs) I'm not about to drop this. Okay, so turn to my foundational passages. You can find it in the book of Luke. I'm going to read out of chapter 22, verses 26 to 27, out of the Passion Version. While you're turning there, as that's what we used to say in the old days, right? Turn, you hear a lot of page. And when you get there, say amen. Glory to God. So this is the red letter edition, so we know that Jesus is doing the talking. So let me set it up. This is at the Last Supper. Jesus tells the disciples, his team, team Jesus, that somebody's going to betray me. And then the disciples get into bitter strife over who would be the greatest. And Jesus shuts it down, but he shut it down in love. So this is what he says. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a different model. The greatest one among you will live as one called to serve others without honor. Now, I want you to notice something as I'm reading through these scriptures. Notice the number of times you see the word serve or servants, right? If you have a hard time counting, I'll just tell you in advance. Five times you're going to see it. Five times. And I want to explain this this statement about uh, the greatest one among you will live as one called to serve others without honor. 
Right, so back during that time, the firstborn son, the eldest son, was a son given honor, right? He was born first. He had the position of honor. The youngest son was considered the servant, the slave, the gopher. You may remember with David, King David, before he became King David, when he was a shepherd boy, he was out tending the sheep while the older brothers went to war. And it continues. The greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one who has a servant heart. Did you realize that you have honor and authority reserved just for you? The leaders who are served are the most important in your eyes, but in the kingdom, it is the servants who lead. And then Jesus makes this statement. I think it is so profound. He says, am I not here with you as one who serves? Think about that for a second. He is here with you and he's serving. When you don't serve him, he's still serving you. Amen? So, you know, when you, when you look at team dynamics, you have good dynamics on teams and you have not so good dynamics on teams. So I can imagine during this conversation when everyone's jockeying for position as to who would be the greatest, I bet somebody said, you know, on the team, because it happens on all teams, I'm not going to let anybody one-up me. My contribution is more valuable than all the rest of them. What's wrong with me? How come I can't be the senior manager? Why can't I be the senior pastor? Why can't I lead the praise team? What's wrong with those captains we got in the dream teams? I can do better than all of them. What's wrong with the bosses? What do they see in them that they don't see in me? What's wrong with them? Well, could it be something's wrong with you? Here's my first point. Understand that your calling is not what you do, but instead what you do for others. Honor your calling. The title for this message is very simple. Love is the light. Service is the model. So love is a light that shines in our hearts, right? Christ is the chief manifestation of God's light unto men. Hence, the model that service is the model. So service is defined. Um, if I could define service in one word, I would say service is action. It is defined as act, the action of helping or doing work for someone else. See, God anoints us men and women to serve. He anointed Jesus as a man to serve. So you're wired to serve, all right? Let me prove it to you. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 18 through 19 of the King James Version. Jesus is talking. We see the red letters. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. And in verse 19, 
to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Did you notice all the action words in those two verses? Preaching, delivering, recovering, healing, setting at liberty. What is Jesus doing? He is modeling service. We see Jesus in action serving. Can we say the same about you? So, volunteer today. Go to our website, volunteer by signing up. Now, you can choose your own project. We have someone that chose a project in Connecticut and submitted it, her project, and it was approved. In Connecticut, there is no boundaries that linked up won't go to serve the community. Open your hearts to be used like Jesus. Our dream teams are a good place to serve. If you're not serving right now, oh, we need you on our dream teams. It's not really right for 10% of the people to serve the other 90%. Thank you. All right, number two. Serving keeps your heart in balance. Jesus knows you better than you know you. He will reveal and the Holy Spirit will convict. Your calling is to serve others. Now, we all have God-given passions and skills and talents, right, and graces and anointings. But there's one commonality between all of those and that is the fact that is rooted in service. Everything in our world depends on service. Look at the family structure. Parents serve the kids. Kids, when they look get older, get a little older probably, serve the parents, right? In your job, in your job there's some service involved, right? On the, the church, we're serving. Nonprofits, they serve businesses, professionals, your government, everybody's in the service business because we're all wired to do that. If you look at our gross GDP, gross domestic product, right? It's the total sum of all goods and services. It's right now at, I believe, 23.3 trillion with a T dollars. It shows how robust the economy of a nation is. Of course, the United States is number one, right? Goods and service. But if you take out service, service is about 80% of our GDP. But let me ask you something. What good is a good if you don't have good service? I got these numbers from uh, Pastor Trish. She Googled and told me this. She's a walking data mine. So she tells me, tell me this. $6.1 billion was lost in American businesses because of poor service. 90% of all jobs, right, all businesses in America are based on good service. I'm not sure what the other 10% are doing, but 90%, right? Diane, my wife and I uh, came back this week from uh, London and Paris trip. When we left uh, Detroit, Detroit. Oh, what am I thinking? When we left here, Atlanta, to go there, 
uh, we flew on this international airline that we'd never flown on before. And the customer service was absolutely phenomenal. I mean phenomenal. We, it was like they, we had our own personal waiters and waitresses. I mean, they really overdid it for us. Maybe it was a favor of the Lord. I don't know. But I can tell you this. We complimented every last steward and stewardess before we left that plane. At one point, we're looking at each other. Maybe we should sit them in the seats and we should serve them. <laughs> it was just that good. So you remember and you recognize. I know there's another, uh, uh, another uh, data point Pastor Church gave to him. I don't remember. But there's a certain percentage of people that will pay for higher customer service. Because everybody wants service. You ever, heard this, you ever heard this said about a person? What well, they've served are the goodness of their heart. No, they didn't. I believe we got it backwards. See, we don't serve out of the goodness of our hearts. We serve because of the need in our hearts. We don't serve because others need. We serve because our heart needs. See, when you're missing serving, your heart is out of balance. Serving keeps your heart in balance. We read earlier where Jesus has a reserved spot for those, and that reserved spot includes honor and authority for those who have a servant heart. Now, let me ask you something. If you had a reserved parking spot and somebody parked in your spot, when we got in our seats on that airplane, let somebody try to sit in my reserved seats. Some of you looking at me right now really truly believe you got reserved seats right here in the worship center. Let somebody sit in your seat. <laughs> See, out of balance. But an out of balance, an out of balance heart blinds eyes and exposes you to the darkness. So you're prone to walk in darkness, especially if you're not walking in the light, and especially if you're not walking in the light of love. We kind of saw that with Team Jesus, right? His disciples, and then you begin to harbor arbitrary feelings about others. And those feelings keep you from serving. No, I'm not going to serve on that team. I don't like how he looks. <laughs> and then there's people that say, well, I'm not serving. It takes all of that. I'm not serving. I'm not giving up Saturdays. I got a, my golf game. I'm not giving up Friday nights. I got my TV show. And I want to watch it live. You know, when you record stuff, the first thing the devil does is send somebody to you and tells you everything, right? <laughs> but what if Jesus did the same thing toward us? What if Jesus said, no, man, I'm not, on Saturday morning, I'm taking the day off. I'm not answering any prayers. I'm not shielding anybody from the devil. I want to watch and go see what I want to watch and go see. 
Friday night. No, 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 I don't have time to hear all these people uh, sending up, uh, trying to get on the Jesus hotline, not on Friday night. No, 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 no. Got to watch my favorite show, The Housewives of Heaven. So keep your heart in balance. Serve. His model is not of this world. We know that the world is different, right? The world uh, uh, thrives on chaos, and it thrives, right, on drama. But the things of the heaven thrive on love. See, love is the light. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. I want to read verses 5 through 11 out of the King James Version. And it reads, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Right? Follow the model. Service is the model. Brethren, I wrote no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth, right? Walk in the light, the light of love. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Well, you can't have a foot over here and you can't have a foot over there. You can't be in both. Verse 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Verse 11, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Don't let anybody prevent you from doing the work of the Lord. We're called to be servant leaders, and every one of you serve in some capacity, all right? I mean, you have to have 10 people working for you. You could just be over the family, right? You may be the eldest brother or sister in a family, and the others look up to you. That's why you are a servant leader. But if you lead blindly like we just read, right, there's a scripture, right, in Matthew, that says, when the blind leads the blind, they do what? They fall into a ditch. Love will cause you not to stumble and miss opportunities to serve. You're blinded and you'll stumble when you don't pay attention because you're not walking in the light. Disobedience steals the light. See, stumbling is a sign that you're trying to do things your way, your way instead of his way. The key to understanding this and other statements I'm making about love is very simple, right? right? It's, not, not the, it's not the love that we think. We're talking about agape love. We're talking about the God kind of love. And that's the kind of love that is always constant in doing things for the benefit of another. Another way to say that is this, having the willingness to serve, having the willingness to seek ways to better somebody else. 
Give me, let me give you my second point. Since you, 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 you all are falling over for that point, let me give you my second point. Every decision you make has a service component attached to it. Choose wisely. Service is always at the forefront of Jesus, right? And Jesus is our teacher. It is his main character trait, and it should be yours. I'm going to tell you something about yourself. I know it to be true. Every decision you make has a service component attached to it, right? Either you serve the Lord or you serve Lucifer. Either you serve yourself or you serve others. It's plain. It's simple. It's that easy. But to love Jesus is to serve Jesus. To serve Jesus is to serve others. Amen? Turn with me to Luke chapter 3. I want to read verses 10 through 13. And it reads, So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics or coats, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Verse 12. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? So when they said teacher, you know, we see the relationship right there, right? There's a relationship. And then 13. And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. To love Jesus is to serve Jesus. To serve Jesus is to serve others. Now notice, Jesus said, if you have two coats, give one to him that has none. Right? We call that service. We call that grace-filled generosity, grace-filled giving. Right? You can call that generosity. You can call it goodwill. You can call it provision. Jesus is Jehovah Jireh, correct? He sees the head and he makes provisions along the way. This is an example of Jesus moving on the hearts and causing men to give to the bosoms of others. That's why he's the Lord, your shepherd, and you shall not want. He knows what you have need of, and he can get it to you. But guess what? It takes some obedience, some cooperation here in the earth because we are the channels that he uses to bless others, right? And then you're blessing others you in turn get blessed yourself. So what else is the teacher teaching? Notice he sets in motion. Notice what he sets in motion. Uh, several principles, and he's instilling them right here. I listed seven, but I, I had about double that, right? But I don't think you could take all that, so I'm going to give you half. I'm going to give you seven. Stand ready to give is one, because you you must make the choice, and the choice has always got to be from the heart. Second, anticipate serving others. Be on the lookout. You are the light, right? What good is light if you stay in the light? Light is good when it conquers darkness. You know, um, there will always be people that need a helping hand. And someday in the cycle of life, you may need a helping hand. Be sensitive. Jesus is talking. Do you know his voice? Move when he says move. Give when he says give. Serve when he says serve. Four, 
I want you to look at this and consider this very carefully. He told the people to give away. Did he tell them to give away all that you have? No, he didn't, right? Because if, if he was the type of God that said, give away all that you have, then, then now you don't have a coat when it gets cold, and now you're hungry. He says, give away your extra. Give away your excess, right? That leads me to number five. See, it is your excess that is also your seed. Seed cannot produce fruit unless it's planted. No planting, no reward, no return. Ah, and no harvest. Six, notice that he mentioned tax collectors. Isn't that odd? He didn't mention any other profession. So he's telling us that he's addressing all classes of people. Tax collectors were thought of as the bottom of the barrel, vile scum of the earth back then, right? But he says even tax collectors, when they come, they'll receive the light of love. If you remember, we read they were being baptized, and they called him teacher. They have relationship. They were converts to Christianity. And then seven, don't take advantage of those that you serve. Jesus' direction, very simple, was to be just and fair in the administration of your duties. Remember, we all are servant leaders. We all lead somebody, some way, somehow. And Jesus made this profound, the Lord made this profound statement. Be careful how you treat my children because you too have a master in heaven. Amen? Now, now, we know God to be a God of surplus. He gives you the exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever think, doubt, than you ever think, imagine, or desire. We know that Jesus came to give us life and to give us that more abundantly. Is that right? Now, you know, Pastor Gregor said this a couple of sermons ago, and I latched on to it. Now, for some of you, 10 in 10 is 20. But God has mastered multiplication. He can take 10 and 10 and make it 120. So I don't know about you. I'm in the long line. I'm in the multiplication line. All right, number two, don't get thrown off course. Turn with me to James. I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 16 through 27 out of the message. Man, I love the message. It's, it, it gets right up in your face, nose to nose, toe to toe. And it'll tell you like it T-I-S is. <laughs> then it reads, so my very dear friends, he's calling your friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. Now, that's a word right there for somebody. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing, off, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. So how do you get thrown off course? Well, when you lead with kindness, when you give with generosity, when you commit to service, but then you taint it and you stain it with all of your self-interest and worldly influence. You derail it. 
You mean to tell me you expect me to volunteer my time at that church? You want me to clean up somebody else's grounds? I don't even clean up my own grounds. Third month. It take a whole month to get all that done? And then there's, there's the other end. See, that's the end of the spectrum, you know, where people don't get involved in serving. The other end is where people serve all the time, and all they want to do is brag and boast. It's a heart thing. The reasons we should always serve should be that we do this because we love God. And we want to demonstrate his love to others. Amen? So, 19 reads, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. Satan, get thee behind. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. Now, this statement, this next statement, I simply love. He says, in simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Come on, God, do what you do. Come on. Verse 22, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act. Remember we said service is action. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or not even what they look like. 25. This message breaks it down. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, we know it only takes one touch, only takes one word even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it is no distracted scatterbrain. But a man or woman of action, that person, the man or woman of action, will find delight and affirmation in the action. See, the affirmation is in the action. That's why the action is in the heart. The need is in the heart. 26. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. And hot air does what? It evaporates. So there's a second kind he talks about. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. So let the gardener, God, landscape, mold, cultivate you, lead and guide you into all truth. Amen? We're all clay to be molded by the Father. And we should be happy that he does not discard molded clay. You hear, but you don't hear. You understand, but you don't understand. So, so you look the part, you talk a good game, but where's the fruit? When is the talk turned into action? God calls the person who hears with no corresponding action, 
They won't lift a finger to serve. He calls that person a distracted scatterbrain. Don't get mad at me. You read it like I read it. I'm not the writer. He warns us to not be deceived. You ever met somebody that knows all the questions, got all the answers, but don't know nothing? I know that's not perfect English. I keep telling y'all I'm from the south side of Memphis, the belt line. So you got to deal with it. So think about this for a second. You know, my grandmama used to say this. Uh, <laughs> my, my grandmama used to say, uh, that boy's smart over there, but he ain't got a lick of sense. <laughs> now, I cannot quantify or define what a lick of sense means. But if my grandmama said the boy ain't got a lick of sense, the boy ain't got a lick of sense. God compares the religious, the self-deceived, to true religion. Then he gave three quantifiers. He said, this kind, well, what is this kind? This kind of those that hear are obedient and act. Their religion is true and their fruit is real. And then he says, this kind is the kind they pass muster. Well, muster is a military term. It means that you have met the standard. Well, what's the standard? We already said the standard is to serve. Serve is the model. Is that correct? And then he says, reach out or serve the homeless and the loveless. And then he said, guard against the corruption of the world. See, serving is your light that fulfills his model. Serving is your light that fulfills his model. Amen? See, the person who serves then will experience delight and find affirmation. That's that hard thing again. King James Version says, this man will be blessed in his deeds. The Passion Version says, that man will experience God's blessing in all that they do. Serving has benefits. All right. Well, I'm not hearing a lot of rah-rah, so let me give you one more. Turn with me to Exodus, the book of Exodus. We're going to go old school. Chapter 23, I want to read verses 25 and 26 to you. They read this way. And ye shall serve the Lord, your God, and he then shall bless thy bread and thy water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. 26 says, there shall nothing cast their young nor be buried in thy land. The number of thy days he will fulfill. See, serving has benefits. He also challenged us to serve the loveless. The loveless are those that we think less of and thereby love them less. Amen? So I got a question for you. Oh, this clock is running away. I got a question for you. I really want you to think about this hard. Who in here finds absolute joy, outstanding happiness, over-the-top delight when it's time for you to pay taxes? 
Can I get one? Maybe you online. If you love paying taxes, put it in the chat. All right, I'm going somewhere with this. Point three, my last point. Your acts of service can transform even the hearts of those who hate and those who are hated. All right, for sake of time, I'm going to, instead of reading Luke 19, 1 through 10, you have it there, I'm going to talk you through it. This is about Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. And we know that during that time, they hated tax collectors because the tax collectors would always add and, and add extra taxes. Well, if Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, that would mean that when they came to collect taxes, that would mean that I'm taxing you for Rome, I'm getting extra because I'm a tax collector, and I got to get some extra for the boss, Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. So think about that. He must have been pretty good because he had to be the greediest of the greedy to be chief over the greedy. So he knew Jesus was coming. He's a short guy. He couldn't see through the press. Jesus comes. And what does he do? He runs and he climbs up a sycamore tree. Sycamore trees can grow from 25 to 40 feet high. All right. Jesus looks up. Hey, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus sees Jesus. Jesus says, come down. I must abide at thy house. An I must statement. Zacchaeus comes down, right, and he receives Jesus with joy. Jesus dines with them. We already established the fact that Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel, the good news, right? I'm sure they didn't play cards at dinner, right? So Jesus must have been sharing the good news. Zacchaeus then receives it. He takes action. He receives the word, repents, and that gets us right down here to uh, verse 8. Well, let me read verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. You see what happened? When Jesus said, I must, it was a trigger. It was a trigger for transformation. He transformed the heart of somebody that was a collector, and now he's a distributor. Somebody that was a taker, and now he's a giver. And then Jesus said, this day is salvation come to this house. And then Jesus ended it with service. Because remember, that's who he is. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that service, that which was lost. Let me tell you something. Your serving reveals the light of love. Through it, you possess the power because Jesus is right there with you, right? He says, I'm here serving alongside of you. You possess the power to transform and save the hypocritical, the dishonest, the despised, those with negative reputations, and those blinded by greed. Do you know how much power is in your hand when you serve? But I got one more for you. Be real quick with it. The I must statement Jesus made, I mean, he says, I'm required, I'm obligated, I'm compelled to meet with Zacchaeus. But was it all for Zacchaeus? Remember, let me read this for you real quick. Right, so when Zacchaeus came down and, 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 and happily to see Jesus, the crowd said this, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he, Zacchaeus, was gone to be guest with a man, 
oh, I'm sorry, that he, Jesus, was going to be guest with a man, Zacchaeus, that is a sinner. Everybody murmured and complained about Jesus going to spend time with the chief tax, top dog tax collector. Could it be, think about this for a second. If you were in a crowd or you're in a country that you are overly oppressed, you are giving all your money up for taxes, would you not be praying to the Father for relief? That's a reasonable assumption, right, would you say? So then what does the Father do? He works through men. He sent a man named Jesus who says, I must... Zacchaeus comes down, and now, remember, we, we always make that prayer when we're praying for those in authority, kings, and we say, we pray that, that their heart is in the hand of the Lord, and like a river, the Lord turns it whatsoever he will. Well, don't you see this? Jesus was the answer to their prayers. They didn't see it. My point is this. Don't murmur and complain about people in situations. That very person may be the person that the Lord uses to give you answers to your prayers. I'm out of time. Okay. Um, let me give you my conclusion. Before I do that, I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. Say devil. No matter what. I came to serve. I will keep a smile on my face. Pep in my step. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able because I get the chance to serve my fellow man, my family, my community, my country, my God. Nan, and I am the crown of all God's creation. Jesus has shown me that love is the light and service is the model. If you believe that, give him up. Give him some joy. Praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, 
Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.